slid back when like a child running wild in the outside you got older older welcome back to smile you love us that's our podcast our podcast the name in case we have any new listeners or listeners who don't remember this the name comes from a parker posey line in Days and confused. So where the senior girls are hazing the freshman girls. Yeah. And she says, Smile. You, you love, love us. us. Smile. Yeah, just a little refresher. Kiss. Yeah, refresher on this. We don't think that you I mean, we do think that you love Blythe and I, but we wanted to refresh on we didn't entirely name our podcast based off of our own narcissism. Yes. The fact that we're doing a podcast is based on mm-hmm. our own narcissism, okay, but fair. not the title. <laughs> Correct. This is Blythe. This is Erin. Hello. Today's episode is all about first loves. Yeah, I would, yes, I would say so. We picked three movies that we thought best encompassed or were about the plot of two people falling in love for the first time in their teen years. Yeah. All these movies actually don't take place. They take in their, well, they do take place in their teen years, but they take place right after high school graduation. So we made it in right under the... Yeah, I guess spectacular now is leads up to graduation. Right, senior year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's get into let's it. Let's get We're into it. Say anything. Mm-hmm. The last song mm-hmm. and spectacular now, which I was surprised that spectacular now was the the newest. newest of those films. I'm not. I guess I'm just Miley has just been on. The yeah, but she looks so young in the last song. Oh, we'll get to that. She's yeah. got that. Palatiner, I know it's so hell? bad. I don't know what uh, was going on. Why they couldn't uh, have figured out her orthodontia better. Oh my god! Uh, Blake, do you want to start us off with I would, say anything? I'd love to. Uh, say anything is a 1989 movie written and directed by Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe, a favorite on the teen movie circuit. He wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yep, and he wrote and directed um, Almost Famous, which. I know we aren't covering as a teen that. movie. We, we could do Runaway Teens. I would be very into that. We could add I, it to the music team. I actually think that Almost Famous is a teen movie. I know it's not. I know it's about the band, but Penny Lane and the adorable music journalist whose name What's I'm forgetting. What's his name? I can't remember. They're teens. They're full. It's full Patrick Fugitive. But what is his name in real in the movie? I don't know. They just call him the enemy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Cameron Crowe. Wrote and directed this film that takes place at a high school in Seattle, in a suburb of Seattle, and stars John Cusack as a very charming, lovable, um, popular, not jock. He, popular? he was very, he, everybody knew him. Yeah. Everyone knew him. He was like a friend of everyone's. And his love interest, Diane Court, played by Oni Sky, who is like a super brain. What they say, she's a trapped in the body of a game show. Yeah, hostess. yeah. Which what a 1988 comment. So good. So he pursues Diane Court uh, right around graduation, and just thinks she's amazing, and he wants to shoot a shot, and he does, and they have this amazing whirlwind summer romance. She has been accepted to a very prestigious scholarship fellowship. fellowship but it's not really clear what the no. hell she's gonna be yeah, doing yeah it's like a Pell Grant but no I don't know yeah. what it is and so she has to leave for England at the end of the summer so they just they decide we're just gonna have the best time for the next 16 weeks and mm-hmm. Ioni Sky is um 
a, div a kid of divorced parents. She loves her dad. Her dad and like her are very close. I would argue way too close. Way too close. Her dad is played by John Mahoney. I think that's correct. And he obviously is very upset. He doesn't want Diane to lose focus. He thinks Lloyd is big trouble, even though he's like just like the nicest kid. He thinks he's a mediocre distraction. Yes, is what he calls. He does him. say that. And Lloyd is uh, an army brat. His parents aren't even living with him in Seattle. They are stationed in Germany. So he is kind of on his own. He lives with his sister, played by his, his sister. real sister, Joan Cusack. And he has a lot of strong women around him. All of his friends are women. Yeah. Um, there's even a scene where he, like, tries. He and Diane have a... She basically jumps in halfway through the summer, and he, like... Tries to be a guy, and he meets up with some guys, and they, like, drink outside of a 7-Eleven, and he's like, oh, this is terrible. He's like, so you guys think you have it all figured out, but... You don't have girlfriends. You're hanging out behind a 7-Eleven. <laughs> you both smell. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's... I, I mean, I love it. I... There's a subplot that is... Oh, yeah. A little... So, I was thinking about the subplot. It doesn't makes sense in the world of a teen movie, but it does make sense in the world of, like, Cameron Crowe movies. You're talking about the nursing home IRS Yeah, the, like, the, like, the IRS yeah. scandal. Yeah. Correct. Thank so, you for So, Diane Court's father is, like, they kind of, like, hint at it. He has, like, things nicer than a person who runs, like, a... Retirement home. Yeah. Uh, a nursing home. A nursing home that's, like, not, like, a big... You know, he said he's had the same income for the last 16 years. Right. He, but he has, like, a $9,000 jukebox. You know what I mean? There's, like, the weird things that don't add up. And it you, just turns out he's just been scamming old people for mm -hmm. the last 10 or so years, which is really fucked up. Really fucked up. And, of course, it, like, completely messes with Diane because she's thought her father is her hero, her best friend, and now he turns out he's just a crook and she, like, can't trust him. And, you know, she has a whole – she'll be in therapy for a while. Forever. <laughs> and she's still in contact with her mom, but she explains to Lloyd, like, when I was 13, I had to go to court and choose who I wanted to live with, which mm -hmm. is, like, really messed up. But I don't, I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think they do that anymore. They might have not even done it then. I, who knows? Like, but clearly that's how she remembers it, and mm -hmm. that's, that's all that matters. So I think Lloyd is the first guy that she's really, I mean, literally her first love. She, yeah, she had never been loved before, and she fell for Lloyd hard. And if you have never seen Say Anything, you probably are at least familiar with the boombox scene. Yeah, where John Cusack holds up a giant silver boombox and plays Peter Gabriel's, which is the first song they listened to when they had sex for the first time. It's an iconic scene that has now been turned into like a total trope for like stalker guys. But I will defend Lloyd Dobler. I do not think he's a stalker. Yeah, I. Walking into this week was like, ugh, I don't want to rewatch this movie because I hadn't seen it in a while. And now when I'm rewatching it, I don't think Lloyd Dobler is a stalker either. I think he's very interested in, in Diane. I don't think that Diane really ever tells him that she's not, like, Diane tells him that she's interested in him. He's very respectful. And then he just keeps wanting to make these big gestures those big gestures are kind of what people have now said has given generations of people really unhealthy views on relationships. But, even, but I don't, I think that that is, 
I think that we've watched so many other movies that have so much more um, unbalanced dynamics yes. between, and not even just this week, but just like, I don't know, Cruel Intentions is a really fucked up movie. Yes. You know what I mean? And people thought that Sebastian was so romantic. And it's like, you just, I think that Lloyd Dobler got gets a raw deal. I agree. In 2019. I agree. And I think Ione Sky in this movie, Diane Court, really just is unable to articulate her feelings at all. Whereas Lloyd is like very emotive and like lays it all bare, which I think is a Cameron Crowe specialty. He's like very good at writing sensitive, all in guys. And John Cusack has made a career or the first part of his career. I don't know what he's doing now, but so like the first three <laughs> acts of his career, I yeah. guess, were all that character. Like yes. even up until when like he was in his forties, fifties. I think he's in his sixties now, but he was still doing like rom coms where yeah. he was kind of this. Um, I mean, he he wasn't bumbling, no. but he was very, very, very emotional. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the long trench coat, he's wearing the Clash yeah. t-shirt. I mean, I love Lloyd Dobler, so... And so, and I think that a lot of the criticism that John Cusack's... I think that the criticism that should be spread amongst many of John Cusack's characters, like High Fidelity, for instance... I was going to say, High Fidelity is so much more problematic. So problematic. You know they're remaking it? Why? And Zoe Kravitz is going to be Oh, in shut it. up. As the Lisa Bonet? No. She no? has, like, a different role. Yeah, well, I know, but whatever. it's like what a meta thing. No, I'll anyways, never make that movie. It's gonna be an uh, like CD a mini series. These stores don't even exist anymore. What are they gonna do? I don't know. I don't what? Know. I don't know. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I think that say anything gets a lot of the flack for the over emotional male character that John Cusack has played throughout his career. Like I think that all of that blame falls on Lloyd Dobler. And I think the big thing, sorry, I've just like totally taken away. No, you say anything, please. I think the say big, anything you'd like. I think the big thing with Lloyd Dobler and with looking at a, this teen movie is, like Blythe just said, Diane can't articulate anything. Like that's clearly her struggle, and Lloyd's struggle is that he feels too much. And he doesn't know how to express that in a way that, like, doesn't overwhelm people or um, doesn't overwhelm himself. And I think that both of those feelings are super, super teen emotions. Yes. You should start dealing with those when you're in your 20s. Yes. But in, when you're graduating high school, that is how people feel. And it was very, very well received critically. This, I mean, it has I like a ninety nine on Rotten yes. Tomatoes. It's insane. It was really critically acclaimed when it came out. Roger Ebert said it was one of the best films of the year. There, it's on tons of great movie lists. It was on Entertainment Weekly's like greatest two thousand two. They had a poll of like the greatest modern love stories, and it was number yeah. one. Whoa, number one. So this affects a lot of people. This is like a very, I think important movie to a lot of people regardless of whether you watched it in theaters growing up or if you like I did had it on VHS because my friend Emma gave it me Aww. a copy to borrow which is really fun and um so it is a good movie I'm not going to spoil whether or not they end up together because I think it's worth watching yeah and 
we've we've called out a few kind of teen movie canon films that we've covered. I actually think we should do an episode where we just do a quick rundown of everything that we've done so far that we would consider to be canon. Mm, okay. But this absolutely is yeah. that. Yeah. Um, this is like an essential 80s movie. This is an essential teen movie. Yep. This is an essential like romantic Romance. movie. Yes. So if you're looking for... Um, and it's funny. It has playful, funny moments, which are... Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, Dolly Dobler is... His speeches and his... Like, everything about it is, like, very funny, very charming, very... Yeah, and Lily Taylor plays John Cusack's best friend, yeah. and she has this hilarious... Side plot. But also yeah. very sad and dark yes. side plot with this ex-boyfriend that she... And she is just so funny. Like, yes. she's... She sits down at a party and she's like, I wrote 60 songs this year about Joe. Yeah. And I'm going to play them all. And when I was rewatching it, I noticed like they're in her room talking about Lloyd and Diane, and there are pictures of Joe everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I didn't never notice him before. There's like cutouts of him like leaning on a car. It's so funny. Like yeah. little details like that make this a very tight film, a really good film. It's really super punchy. Yeah. It's a Cameron Crowe movie. It's like, that's why he, it... Yeah, he makes a good film. Right. He makes a good 90-minute ride. You yeah. trust him. He brings things back around full circle. Nothing is... Uh, there's no superfluous detail in his movie with, like, the broken glass kind of callback. Yeah. Um, the jukebox callback. Like, things like that are just... He's a great filmmaker. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Let's move on to a not-so-great film. Not great. <laughs> so. When we were uh, planning for this, I told Aaron, I was like, I'll do Spectacular Now and say anything, synopses, and you can do the last song. She was like, why? Thanks. <laughs> wow. How generous well, of you. Usually Blythe, usually Blythe asks me, what should we do? Yeah. How should we split it up? No, I just And I was up. told. <laughs> this week I was told. What I, I, I had the patience I, for. I had no interest in talking about this film. Oh, God. Where to begin? Oh. I'm going to keep it really quick. Real top line summary here. Uh, Miley Cyrus and her brother are dropped off at their dad's home on the beach in Georgia. Their dad is played by Greg Kinnear. And their mom is played by Kelly Preston. Single mom of the year. Um, they, Miley Cyrus does not want to be there. They live in New York. Their parents have been divorced for a little while. She's got all this angst and she's been arrested for shoplifting and whatever. You get the impression, the heavy handed impression, she's a handful and misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And then she runs through by accident a beach volleyball game that Liam Hemsworth is playing and then she is walking on the beach later. She sees these sea turtles that she feels the need to um, protect. So she calls the aquarium. And then the aquarium guy comes and it's Liam Hemsworth. So then they kind of have this opposites attract romance. And it happens really fast. They're in love like 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Which I was like. Oh, for no okay. for no good reason. No good reason, which ah, you don't really need a good reason when you're just like a hot person. I think. Uh yeah. I mean, sure. They that is fair, but she. I don't know. She's just so unlikable. Yeah, she's pretty unlikable, and um, 
Then we find out Liam Hemsworth is actually really rich and his parents don't really approve of Ronnie as Miley Cyrus's character's name. Mm, of course. And so they end up she ends up going to she ends up going to Liam's sister's wedding. And there's this like dramatic altercation between these random kind of like townies that Miley Cyrus has had these interactions with. Anyways, it ends up with like completely unrealistic that that would happen. Like I was like, a wedding wouldn't stop because two people were brawling in the parking lot. Like under no circumstances would that happen. So then uh, Liam has to bring Miley home and, oh, there's also that whole subplot with the burned church, which is really not worthwhile. Oh my God. Anyways, long story short, Miley Cyrus's dad has cancer and has been hiding it all summer. Also, let me tell you from a summer of cancer, <laughs> yeah. you can't hide, um, you can't hide a terminal illness. Yeah. So then Miley Cyrus and Greg Kinnear spend some of the movie in the hospital while Liam and Miley's younger brother make a stained glass window and then the dad dies. Oh, then they're in a fight because of the fire. So Liam leaves Then the dad dies. Miley plays. Oh, I'm sorry. I left out like the whole plot. <laughs> Uh, uh, so Greg Kinnear is like a concert pianist and composer and Miley Cyrus is also um, like a child prodigy kind of of piano and she, apparently she was accepted to Juilliard without even applying which like what they said we've been following your career since you were five I mean maybe they have but they're not going to waste a a spot on someone who's not currently playing and hasn't applied. Yeah. So she gets, she's into Juilliard. She hasn't played the piano. She plays the piano again once she starts dating Liam Hemsworth character, Will. And then, um, you know, because he sees her for who she is and she can let her guard down and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you come to find out she's very talented and it's been a waste of talent for her to not be playing. She ends up playing this song that her dad wrote essentially for her at his funeral which is moving ish it was more, I don't know. I don't know. song kind of sucks the song kind of sucks and like the only movie things about it, the movie were like greg kinnear's performance greg kinnear is so good in this movie what was going on in his career that he was he, they must have paid, he must have paid a lot of money to be in I, or like his daughters were super into hannah montana or something maybe like it was um he was just acting yeah he was around yeah, like greg kinnear was actually at like as an actual very good actor and he's approaching this movie the way that he approaches all of his yes. projects it yes. seems and he's just with people who are 40 levels below him oh my god um so yeah when Greg Kinnear, once Greg Kinnear died, I was like, oh, It was like Greg Kinnear and the kid were like the, the best The brother actors. was so good. So good. And he was like, an, like a 10 year old. I know. And he was amazing. Um, and then Liam comes back for the funeral because he's gone away to, to Vanderbilt, but he doesn't like Vanderbilt. And then after the funeral, he's on the beach outside of Miley's dad's house as she's left all by herself to pack up her dead dad's house. Let me tell you something else. You can't get alone time after your parent dies, so that would never happen. <laughs> Are you done, Alice? <laughs> We're going to have to cut that best joke. <laughs> so, uh, Liam is on the beach. He, 
they haven't spoken in months, yeah. like a semester. Right. And he, Miley walks down the beach, and he's like, she's like, what are you doing here? Thanks for coming. And he says, I'm transferring to Columbia, because we're just now supposed to put two and two together that she's going to Juilliard. Right, yeah. Because they didn't say that. They right? never didn't said it. That. Okay, so now we put two and two together that she's going to Juilliard, and he's transferring to be at Columbia, because it's just so easy to transfer from Vanderbilt to an Ivy League college. I mean, Vanderbilt's a good school, but it's not like a turnkey solution there. Anyways, then he, like, picks her up in the most awkward way. The fact that these two people dated oh, for ten years and got married. Exactly. Like, this was the movie that, like, I totally get Ryan Phillippe and Reese Witherspoon hooking up after yeah. Cruel Intentions. That makes sense. There was some real sizzling chemistry there. Liam Hemsworth and Miley Cyrus are in two different movies. <laughs> they are. Okay, they are so. There is no chemistry. Yeah, no. I felt like a little ill watching them make out. Yeah, mostly because I was like, "Where? Like, is she wearing her retainer right now?" That's <laughs> how I think. So Miley had that like lisp in uh, this movie. I'm definitely more into Miley's look now. Although my sister, anyway. So the movie kind of ends that way, and she like packs up the house and drives away with a in Will's truck with the piano in the back. Yeah. It's a Nicholas Sparks novel. I don't know if I mentioned that already. You did not, and I didn't know that. I You I, didn't know that? I'd never seen this movie before. When did you find out that it was based on a Nicholas Sparks movie? Just now. Stop. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does this contextualize, like, a lot? 100%. Yeah. I thought I was going to be watching a full-length Taylor Swift music video. You... That's what I was in ready for. Oh. I was like, the last song is going to be, like, a country music whatever it's it takes place in georgia it's mm-hmm. miley cyrus mm-hmm. first of all they make her a new yorker mm-hmm. i was born in atlanta but i was like raised in new york and apparently she works like a dialect coach to get rid of her accent her accent is fully so, still there so twangy so twangy and she's not a new york Mm-mm. nothing about her says new york no they could have like thrown in a yankees hat to be gratuitous oh ridiculous liam hemsworth i wish it he- came out in 2010 so that is like Part of why the clothing is really bad. Okay, that's fair. My sister saw the movie twice in theaters, she told me this week. Uh, let me read the text. <laughs> also, Liam Hemsworth is Australian, has a better accent, even though, but again, he, his accent, it, there were some breakthrough, breakthrough but moments. But also, like, there. he should have, he should have a southern accent. He was born and raised in Georgia. Why does he have no, I guess, because maybe Australian to southern is hard? I don't then know. Then cast someone else. Thank you. Then cast someone Please. else. Please. This movie just wasn't very good, but, um... Yeah. I'm sorry. If anyone is, like, very attached to this movie, I t- totally understand. I, no, my sister saw, was not. So my sister was not. I mean, we all know what my sister had to say about She's the Man. Um, I feel like Amanda Bynes could have killed this role. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, my sister said, I don't... Um, she said, I saw it twice in theaters. Then she said, no, I will not comment for the podcast. But she later gave me permission. She said, it's a Nicholas Sparks movie, which obviously I knew. And then she said, I don't like Miley right now because I hate how she really does everything to be talked about and splashy news. It takes away from the fact that she actually does good music, except her tattoos make her look dirty, which when I say that, I think of mom. And I think Liam is just whatever and wants to be an actor, not into the drama, but also might have some skeletons. I wouldn't say he's a good actor, but he is fun to look at. So I'm team Liam because he doesn't have anything to do. He doesn't done anything to not make me. Okay, you can use this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I think Liam in this movie is just trying to, like, 
He's trying. Be in a movie. Like, he is just like, I'm in a movie. This is going to be cool. I, you know. So, I'm going to be honest. As you know, I'm not a big Marvel person, so the appeal of Chris Hemsworth has, like, not always been clear to me. But or I've, Chris I've, Evans, or Chris Pratt. No, I, I understand the, the appeal of the They're all two. in Marvel. Movies. Actually, I don't really understand the appeal of Chris Evans. I think he's a little... Disagree! Captain America no, is the greatest like, he's Chris. He's, like, charming, but, like... No, Chris Pine is the greatest Chris. That is so funny! I'm, I'm fully Chris Pine. Um, anyways... Did you see Star Trek? No. Oh, he's so good at Star Trek. I'm not a Trekkie boy. She's not a Trekkie. She's not into Marvel movies. Well, I do. I have seen, though, I want to say I've probably seen 30% of the Marvel movies that have come out in the last decade. You're a nerd, don't you? I know you're a nerd. <laughs> Anyways, I've seen a, I've seen a, a, a sampling of yeah. the house. Also, the, Chris Pine is in Wonder Woman, which I know it's not a Marvel movie, but... Yeah, it's not. That's the DC Comics movie. Oh, sorry. So you you are not into Marvel, but you're into DC. No. <laughs> Okay. I, I, if we're ranking Chris's, I go Chris Pine. Why? What about Chris Pine? What movies have... Princess Diaries 2. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. How could I forget? I'm so sorry. May we... He also works pretty exclusively with female directors, which is pretty hilarious. No, Chris that's... Pine. I think... I don't know. I just think Chris Pine is like... This isn't the Chris... We're not talking... We're, we're, I'm talking about You Liam. brought it up. You brought Liam. up all the Chris's. I, no, I'm talking about Liam and Chris. Like, the brothers Hemsworth. Right, so why'd, you, why'd you bring the Evans and the Pines and the Pratt's You brought them you up. You said I'm not a... I, you I said I'm not a up. Marvel person. But, I... Now having watched the last song after I've seen a handful of... Because I kind of felt the brothers were interchangeable. Oh, And now... No. no now I'm like, Liam is... I'm so sad for Liam. Yeah. I like, mean, he was in the Hunger Games. He did get that. Oh, shit. Franchise. I forgot about that entirely. Yeah. He, he He's had, a little bit better in that, but I also think that um, Jennifer Jay, Lawrence Jay probably just, carries everyone. She on, just runs circles, right? And all of them. But she's like, she can kind of be like, except for Peta. Peta's she, actually pretty good in that. She's just kind of helping people along. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Jay Law. I don't think Miley really has the chops to help anybody no, along. Yeah. So now I feel really bad for Liam because, like, not only is he now getting divorced, and his older brother is like, you know, happily married and hangs out in Australia with Matt all Damon. Th- yeah, Matt Damon. But all, and has mad Marvel money. But, like, I think Liam is fine. Yeah, I mean, I would just rather be Chris. If I could pick which person to life swap with, sure. it's Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You ready? I'm so ready. To talk about The Spectacular yeah. Now. So, The Spectacular Now came out in 2013. It was um, distributed by A24, which makes yeah. some of my favorite... When it was an early A twenty four release. Yeah, so A twenty four is a independent film production, an indie film production company. Yeah. They're a distributor. They're not a production sorry. company. Sorry, sorry. Tribeca coming in hot here. They're a distributor. Aaron knows about the movie industry. I just watched movies, so it's true. Well, I'll tell you why it's important because they're the ones that actually give the money to sort of people to see the movies. Like oh. a distributor's, like, oh, an audience should see this. That's great. That's that is a very important distinction. So for me as a viewer, A24 has distributed some of my favorite films. They have brought brought you. you yes. Can say. Brought to me some of yeah. my favorite films. And I'm not like just like spitballing like they did Lady Bird, they did Room, they did um the Florida Project, I they, think they did, did The Lobster, they did The Sacred Deer. They did The Favorite. They did the fa- anyway, so when I see A24 on, oh, they did 8th grade. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So, <laughs> and a lot of those are teen movies, by the way. So I definitely have a type. Um, oh, they did mid nineties. They did Midsommar. They did like I didn't see, actually see Midsommar, but anyway. Oh, Moonlight. How could I forget Moonlight? Yeah, A twenty four rocks. So when I when I fire up a movie and I see the A twenty four symbol come on, I'm like already this is gonna be good because they really seem to only pick really really good movies in my experience. I'm, sure. I haven't seen a bad A twenty four film. So when I saw rewatching Spectacular Now because I had seen it before, um, saw the A twenty four. I was like, of course, of course, because of course. I love this film. It is set in present day. Where is it set? Mid Atlantic South. It feels like a like no name town, like, like a Maryland town, sure. Delaware. Yeah, it's around like there. it's on the East Coast because they talk about Philly as if it's not too far right. away. Philly is an attainable place to yeah. move to. Like it could be outside of Buffalo or all. I don't know. Like it's a very. Okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's a it's an inland East Coast yeah. normal town. Yes. I think it's kind of supposed to be anywhere America. Yeah. And it is. Like, there's no discernible accents or, no. you know. So, the movie centers around Sutter Keeley, who... Such a good name. Such a good name. It would piss me off in other contexts. Yes. But it doesn't. Also, the fact that Sutter Keeley is played by Miles Teller, like, those are the same... Thing like Sutter Keeley and Miles Teller are the same yeah. name to me. Like they're both a little Agreed. off, a little weird. So Sutter Keeley is a very affable, again, kind of Lloyd Dobler esque, very charming. Has a lot of friends. Everyone knows him. High school senior who is definitely thinks of himself as like a Ferris Bueller type on like mm-hmm. on the outside, like super gregarious and like teachers like him, but he's not like. An academic star by any means. And people, guess, are, people are fond of him. Yes, he's very, very fond yeah. of him. And he thinks of himself as like the social butterfly. But underneath the surface, he is like, he has a drinking problem. This movie is rated R, by the way, which I didn't realize. Oh. Because, it's said because problem. of the drinking, hmm. and, which I thought was really interesting. And he has this bombshell girlfriend, Cassidy. Played by... Captain Marvel herself. Oh my god, I know. We cannot escape Brie Larson. Brie Larson. She is, uh, this was very early in her career. Yeah. It's really interesting to see her, because, like, knowing that she becomes Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I love that movie, so seeing her in, She's like, so sparkly role, in it. So sparkly. She's so, like... It's, I think she's really well... I don't think this is the type of thing she would do now, obviously, but I think it's a really well cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It gets some great teens and like a really yeah. really good moment in their careers so the movie opens with Sutter filling out like an online college application which felt so true to, so life. True to life and he's sipping a beer which did not feel true to life but like really helps you establish the character early on yeah like you think like oh this kid's laid back ish like it's not great how comfortable he is with that beer like he looked like a college you remember senior, he's like, in high school and it feels a little perverse. Yeah. Like, he looks like a college senior, like, finishing, a, like, a term paper. When you're in high school, I didn't drink in high school, but when you're in high school, the thought of alcohol is to, to get drunk, mm-hmm. not to, like, enjoy a crisp glass of Sauvignon yes, Blanc exactly. while you podcast with your friends. Like, I will be casually drinking several beers today while I watch football. And, and... you brought really delicious tasting beers. Yeah. And um, I'm going to drink it exactly like Sutter Keeley yeah. drinks it. And that's <laughs> bad. Like, that's really bad. bad. So, you're not supposed to like the taste of alcohol when you are young. Or, I mean, it's it's not something that 
And he gives context to that later in the movie. Yes, he does. I mean, like, just flat out, you know, right away he has a drinking problem. But you also are really rooting for him because he types out this really beautiful essay about how he was, like, had this great girlfriend played by Brie Larson and they had something, man. Like, they were so in it. And then she dumped him and, like, now his life's falling apart. And he, like, goes out on, like, a bender, gets into a local bar, like, which clearly he's done before. Mm -hmm. He has, like, no issue getting by the bouncer, like, meets some college girls, does some shots. Then he ends up on the front lawn the next morning of Miss Amy Finicky's house. No, it's not her house. Oh, she's just on her paper route. That's right. Okay. So Amy Finicky, who is an extremely earnest high school person. Senior. She's senior. senior. She's senior, right? Uh, played by Shailene Woodley, is could not be more different than Sutter. She's super serious about academics. She's not very social. She's sounds like her home life keeps her pretty busy in terms of like trying to support her family, uh-huh. helping out her mom. She's literally on her mom's paper route when she finds Sutter Keeley in front of sleeping in someone else's lawn, right. apparently. And it's like a really beautiful moment. She like looks like an angel. She does. She's backlit, and he wakes and up. She's wearing and he's like, like a yellow shirt, yeah. and she just looks really. And she's fresh face, like Shailene Woodley is wearing no ostensibly makeup. no makeup yeah. in this, and has like really long natural. Straight she looks hair. like a teenager. She does. All the teens in the movie look like teens, which I always appreciate. Yeah. So she helps him out, and they go on this paper out together to help find his car because he doesn't know where his car is. So. Mm-hmm. After that meeting, they kind of, she's obviously very smitten with him, and he kind of sees something in her, too, and he says, like, I want to, like, hang out with you again, invites her to a party, and, like, his friend is saying, like, this is kind of messed up, man, like, what are you doing? Like, she's, she's a nice not, girl. She's a nice girl. She's not your type. You're going like, to break her heart. Exactly. All of which is true. And his friend is, his friend is, like, um... Also looks very much like a teen. Yeah. Like a real teen. And his, like, the, like, he's insecure, and he's got all of his stuff, like, he, you don't feel like the friend is, is, um, super popular either. Like, yeah. he empathizes with Amy in a really real way. 100%. So... He's still text, not texting. He's IMing, mm-hmm. which like hello, so good, so good. Felt very teen life. I guess even now, like it was like app iMessenger. I don't know if teens use that or did or ha- like. I don't know what teens do now. That's fair. It's all on Google Docs now. Oh, you've heard about how they use Google Docs? Nice. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> G Suite getting getting turned. So he's still like. Trying to, like, hook up with Cassidy, and Cassidy's, like, still very into him, even though she's ostensibly dating the cor- someone like, else. This great guy who's, like, on the president, yeah, yeah, a star athlete going to, like, an Ivy League school. Yeah. Marcus. Mark. I, yeah. I don't know if they get on. There's actually a great scene where Marcus comes into Sutter Keeley's, like, after-school job. He works at, like, a suit store with Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. <laughs> and is, like, hey, man, like, what's up with you and Cassidy? And he's like, whoa, like, nothing, we're just friends. And he's like, why, how can I make her like me the way she likes you? Right. Like, you make her laugh. Like, there's just something about you, which is true. There is something about Sutter Keeley that people really, really like. He has kind of, like, this glow from within. And, like, 
It's not all alcohol. Like, there's no. clearly, like, a part of him that's just, like, a really enigmatic personality. Not enigmatic. Um, you get the feeling that when... He's so, very well-liked. Yes. And, like, when his light is shining on you... You feel very special. You feel very, Which very is exactly special. what Amy Finnicky feels. Yeah. And Marcus is like, how like how can they be more like you? And Slutter's like, are you kidding me? Like, you're Marcus West. Like, right. you are the guy. Like, everyone wants to be you. Like, you and Cassidy are great together. And he gives them, like, this great uplifting speech <laughs> about the guy who's dating his ex-girlfriend yes. and he's heartbroken over. And it's, like, a really lovely scene where you're like, I like this guy. I'm rooting for this guy. And then it ends with quite the comment. Where Marcus is leaving, and he turns around, and he says, Oh, you know, everybody's wrong about you. Yeah. And Sutter's like, what? And he's like, everyone thinks you're a joke, but I think you've got it all figured out. Yeah. He's like, you're not the joke everyone thinks you are. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, because you kind of do know that, like, class clown guy who people really like being around, but then at the end of the day, like, don't take him seriously because he doesn't have future plans. He's not going to college. We don't even know if he's going to graduate. Like, right. He doesn't take life seriously, which is definitely Sutter. And then there's this girl, Amy Finicky, who's super serious and, again, like, just very earnest and very open about her feelings about everything. She doesn't... Yeah. She's she's shy, but she's not guarded. Like, if you probe her even a little bit, she'll tell you all about, like, how her dad died from a painkiller overdose and how, like, she's really into these... The comics and... Yeah. Anime comic books and... So, the more time they spend together, you know, and she's non-judgmental. Like, Sutter is, like, a very open drinker, and she, I would say because probably she was the daughter of an addict, she's, like, very, um... She becomes a bit of a boozer. She becomes a boozer, but she also is, like, totally comfortable with him boozing, and is, like, very accommodating. Very com. That's a great way to put it. She is, like, oh, do you, like wants him another like he get, gives her a flask as a present on their their prom night which i think is maybe this is the addict's daughter in no, me that's a bad thing i was like oh god that's like kind of a cute scene if it wasn't so like that's the point i know that's the point. i know i know that's why this movie is such a great so movie. good it's so good is that it is really cute and it's yeah. also as an adult really really problematic yeah just, and it's a problematic on purpose. There's so many teen movies that are problematic by mistake that, yeah. that paint these relationships in this super romanticized light. Yeah. And this does that, and it also has a very through-line thesis of keep keep your eyes open while you're in love because you take on people's bad habits and you yeah. let people's bad habits become the defining things about your relationship right or just be on like you especially when you're young and especially when you're lacking father figure which both amy and sutter are should have mentioned earlier sutter is raised by a single mom jennifer jason lee so good and he doesn't know where his dad is his mom kind of keeps that from him he knows he's alive he lives somewhere but he's never really had contact with them since he was very young and his dad turns out to be you know, spoiler, like, kind of a piece of shit. Or total piece of he shit. He is played by Kyle Chandler. He has a very bad drinking problem. He basically just walked out of his kids' lives, um, cheated on his, their mom, left their mom, whatever. I mean, he is very honest about it. There's a point where Sutter meets up with his dad, and Amy's there, and this actually is, like, the climax of the film. Yeah. And 
he says, you know, because Sutter has been living with this fantasy that, like, his mom pushed his dad away. Right. And made him leave. And the dad says, no, I left on my own. Like, I really wanted to be there for you, but, like, I had to leave. So, which is completely... It's such... It's not it's a thing. It's just yeah. terrible. So, you can tell, like, both Amy and Sutter are so broken in these very similar ways. Obviously, it's different when you're a man losing a father and when you're a woman losing a father um, or father figure, but they're both dealing with their absences of their fathers mm-hmm. in very different ways. And Amy their resentment is, towards their mothers. Oh, yeah. Like, Amy is just... Trying to be, like, the best, most, you know, I, I don't, like, perfect daughter and, like, do everything right and, like, you know. Yeah, she's trying to get by without an incident. But she takes to Sutter's drinking, like, very easily and mm-hmm. is, like, clearly, you know, has, like, perhaps her own addiction problems. We don't know yet. Like, yeah. it, you know, she's pretty good about controlling it, but I don't know. it. I have never, I haven't seen a movie that deals with addiction as well as this movie. This director also did this other movie called Smashed. Oh, with Mary yes! Elizabeth Winstead. I and read Paul. that book. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but I, I didn't see that movie. Um, so he has the trope, or not Yeah, a trope, he like, has like a theme that he's into. Okay. I haven't seen Smashed. But, but so the movie, I won't say how it ends, but basically, Amy has gotten into college. She's going to go to college in Philadelphia. Her sister lives there. She just needs to work up enough courage to tell her mom. Because her mom is like, you need to stay here and help out. Which is insane. Yeah. And so sad. And But she ends up going to college. And Sutter, he has a lot to figure out. He, and he knows it. Like, at one point, Bob Odenkirk, his boss, is like, hey, man, I have to let go of you or the other guy who works here because we're just not making enough sales. And I would like it to be you, but you have to promise me that you won't come in here loaded again. And Sutter goes, you know I can't promise that. Which is like so tragic. He's it's, eighteen and he knows he's alcohol he's an alcoholic. Yeah. So he has a lot of shit to figure out. And I won't say that he figures it out, but he at least everything comes to a head wherein he realizes that he is has a lot of shit to work through before he can be a boyfriend to Amy, a like Yeah, I think I mean I think that the shit comes to a head for, like, an extended period of time in this movie, actually. Mm-hmm. And things just keep getting a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And then when you think that there's going to be, like, a break and yeah. there isn't. And then that's when you realize what kind of... Like, that's the movie that... the, the That's what makes this movie feel more realistic than the others. Is, yeah. like, oh, something bad happens and that isn't... It doesn't cut to black. Right. It doesn't say, like... Six months later, it's right. the opposite of the yeah. last song. Exactly, it doesn't. It doesn't. Sit, it doesn't leave it up to you to fill in a lot of blanks. Um, and yeah, I think Miles Teller is a really good actor, mm-hmm. and his performances with Kyle Chandler, Bob Odenkirk, and Jennifer Jason Lee are like amazing yes. scenes. Yeah, and they're long and emotionally involved. Great scenes. I should also say that Bubs from The Wire plays his geometry teacher and is <sighs> very excellent. As a yeah, his teacher, teacher is great too. He's great. And Shailene Woodley is great too. I mean, they have... They have great chemistry. They have great chemistry and they both, they seem like such authentic young Teens, people. Yeah. They are unsure of themselves. They are... I think they were pretty young. I think they were like 21, 22 when they made this. They're just really vulnerable. They're really... It's just a great film. It's... 
truly a beautiful film. I was like very emotional watching it again. I watch this movie pretty regularly. I probably watch this movie like once a year. I would agree with that. I I often find myself wanting something that's romantic and it makes you feel a lot of feelings. Yes. I think that the film is shot really beautifully as well and it has this kind of like it's um the, the what movie did we talk Kings of Summer I think yeah. was the one that we talked yes. about like where it feels the movie is filmed in a way that makes you feel like it's almost a memory yeah. like it has that very ethereal there's like a dreamy part of it yeah it's almost like there are moments where you're like is it summer right now in this movie like it, but when like, you look back at being a teenager like everything yes. kind of feels like exactly. summer exactly um because right, you don't have a real life you don't have right. real obligations <laughs> i also want to just give a quick shout out to caitlin deaver in this movie <gasps> yes she's so good it's the best friend as a best friend <laughs> like this super uptight best yeah. friend and obviously we now know like caitlin deaver is a renowned actress. People think like her comedy is well known. Yeah, and she was in Book Smart. Book Smart. She was in Justified, which isn't a show that I watched, but that's apparently what people love. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then now she's in that show called Unbelievable on Netflix. Did you watch it? No, it was too like a lot for me, but I'm yeah. We just decided we we could stop my kick, so we're gonna start watching it. I'll Ooh, let you know. Okay. Um, my sister recommended only watching one episode at a time, though. That makes sense. It doesn't seem like a binge. Yeah, binge she was like, show. it's like a. I listened to the This American Life on that, that it's based on, oh. um, and that even that was really hard, and that was just in years. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, Kaylin Deaver is great in this. Just great. So let's let's cut to the chase. Which is the best teen movie? Spectacular. Now. I agree. I it's close to say anything, but spectacular is just it just deals with issues that I haven't seen dealt with in a teen movie before, and I think that it's important. Yeah, I also wonder if our age, like how much sure. it has to do with this. Like yeah. I saw this movie when I was probably like twenty four. Yeah, I mean, I saw it the year it came out. Yeah. Same. Oh, okay. In theaters. Yeah, don't worry. But, like, I was 24. Like, yeah. You were probably right. 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, like, I saw Say Anything when I was, like, 15. I also saw Say Anything when I was 15, but my 15 is a different... Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think, like, um, Say Anything came to both of us with a storied history, in yeah. a way. Like, you knew that it was something to watch and the spectacular now was like a, a brand new piece of film for mm-hmm. us but I agree I think it's a better team yeah did you have a most true to teen life moment um oh shoot I had a really good one but now I forget do you have one I don't, I honestly don't, I thought, there are actually a lot of moments in Spectacular Now that I really felt and was like, oh shit, I did that. Like, Yeah, I, Spectacular Now, I guess, just feels the most lived in and familiar. Um, say anything, not so much, except for, and as cliche as it is, when Ion's, Ione Sky Diane Court gives her speech and she's like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. that was a real, that's a really true to teen life sentiment. Um, least true to teen life is, like, all of the, the last, last song. song. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay, we have some superlatives. We have some good ones. We have Cutest Couple, because this is a, a romance episode. Well, wait, we should take a step back. We were going to give, um, 
hunkiest guy. Sure. I mean, we could do our prom king and queen. Prom king and queen. But we decided, like, as bad of an actor as Liam Hemsworth is, he's, like, chiseled and, like, a 19-year-old oiled up torso oh, in this. Yes. He looks... He's just... I called him a snack. I don't you, even use that you phrase. You do not. It was very funny. <laughs> um, no, I mean, most of his movie is spent playing beach volleyball. I'm mm-hmm. like, this should just be a beach volleyball. Yeah, yeah. You should just do, it like, a Top Gun thing. Like, what? Totally. Why, what is this other thing we're totally. doing? Like... I'm way more interested in you and your, like, weird, crew-cut, bleach-blonde, Abercrombie friends than I am any of Miley's, like... <laughs> I know, his friends were really cute and not they in were, the movie at all. Exactly! And they were, like... <laughs> I was really into their friendship. They had a whole thing going on. They were, like, mechanics together. Yeah. I don't know. They had, like... There was a whole other movie There was a whole movie that we weren't privy yeah. to. So, I was... Liam Hemsworth, like, made me laugh out loud. There was one point where he's quoting Anna Karenina, and he does oh. it with, like, the dopiest smile on his face, and he's... Speaking to no one. Like I he's forgot not, about he's that. He's not speaking to Miley Cyrus. And he's, he's like, like looking <laughs> ahead off into the distance and he was like, families are all alike. They're all unhappy. And it is, I was laughing out loud on the subway. And then he says, it's not just, I didn't quote Tolstoy. I quoted his translator. Like, if you want me to do the original Russian. And then he does it. With, it's so funny. But that, that sensibility is like how we got to fat Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I understand who raised them if that's the performance. Do you know what I mean? Yes, because that is something Fat Thor would say. Yes, but yes. it makes sense in a Marvel movie. It made no sense in no the last song. No it was, sense. It was so funny. He was great in that. Like, he made me laugh. He made... He, I enjoyed this movie because of his performance and Greg Kinnear's performance. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to say Liam Hemsworth had a performance. I no. think that's just who he is. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's my point. Yeah, like, he is, that's just who he is. Um, yeah, I mean, he would be prom king for sure. There's no question. No, no question. He's like a waxed, yeah. like... I think prom queen would be Brie Larson. I was going to say Cassidy, 100%. Yeah, yeah. She's got the moves, she's got the looks. She has this line at the end of Spectacular Now that is probably one of my favorite lines in, like, movies, to be honest. And she just says, remember, you'll always be my favorite ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Just, like, such a good line. And she says it so earnestly, but mm-hmm. playfully, like... It's a, it could be such a weird line. It could yeah. be such a throwaway line. And she says it and you're like, she's great. She's and also, great. it for me, left open the door that, like, they could be coming back after, like, their freshman year of college. For, Cassidy like, and Sutter. For Thanksgiving or Christmas. And, like, not hook up, but, like, be very happy to see each other. Yes. And be like, you truly are one of my favorite people. Like, there is... Sutter is bad for... Like, everyone. Like, yeah. he's not a good boyfriend because he's just dealing with so much of his own demons. But there is something about him, like I've said, like he is this amazing personality. He makes you feel really good about yourself. And I feel like he will. These women he's been with, Amy, Cassidy, like, Marcus, I think they'll all always want to know what he's up to and, like, keep... Maybe. Not, I mean, not, like, keep in touch with him, but, like, if you're back... From spring break or whatever, school break, and you see him, you're going to be like, oh, it was cool. I ran into him. I was, like, happy to see that guy. Unless he, you know. I disagree. Wow. Aaron. I would not be happy to see my ex-boyfriend, Sutter Keeley. Really? Yeah, no. I mean, no. And now, I know we we flip-flop sometimes in movies where we're talking about relating to the teens and relating to the parents. Like, obviously, Amy has bad parents. But if I was Amy's mother, I'd be like, no, no. We're done here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you would listen to Amy's mother? No, I would have a serious conversation about, like, when you love someone that doesn't leave you in bodily harm, 
let's start going to therapy. You think, you think Amy's mom would say that? No, I would say that as a mother. Right, but like, again. I'm just saying, if my daughter were to date a Sutter and that happened, okay. I wouldn't be thrilled to see him at Thanksgiving. All right, all right, fair enough. You um, wouldn't either. You wouldn't be like, hey, pal, you want a slice of pie? I don't, I can't, I just cannot comment on this. Why? Because I feel like I'm, I am so, I am bringing, like, such a different perspective. I just, I know Amy so well, like, I know that character so well, and I feel like she would have forgiven him and has forgiven right. him. and she does. And, and, like, so in forgiveness, that means that you're not, like, you aren't unhappy to see that person. Like, you understand like the totality of the circumstances that led you to be put in harm's way. That's radical forgiveness. It, and I just feel like radical forgiveness is what is required. If you love an addict, like you, that is the only kind of forgiveness there can be. If, if you, if you want to still have love for that person, there's nothing other than radical forgiveness because what they do to you is so fucked up. What they do to everyone is so fucked up. So I like that's why. No, that's a that's a really great point. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just saying. I've been. I'm not saying that's good. Necessarily. No, no, but but I mean, I think the movie talks a lot about that. I just think of Amy. I think a lot of people would watch that movie and be like, "Wow, Amy should like really be like be more careful with her heart and stop being like so. Why does she let this guy walk all over her? And why does she? It's like. Uh, you don't have to, like, what are you talking about? You know, she tells you her father was addicted to painkillers. Right. You know where, like, she already has that dynamic. I'm not saying that's healthy or right, but the fact that she is able to love so fully and so wholly without any, she doesn't ask for anything in return, to me is a testament to her strength and not a weakness. And I feel like a lot of people want to be like, well, she should be more guarded and she should be more no like yeah no i'm not arguing that i'm saying like senior year thanksgiving you don't want to see sutter oh she totally wants to see sutter she can't she just wants sutter to succeed that is the magic of yeah. amy after all that shit she just wants him to be well and succeed and like the world really doesn't deserve people like amy but thank god that there are amy's right that's all i'm gonna say I'm pro Sutter, just so we're clear. I'm pro Sutter and I'm pro Amy. Right. But I'm just saying the dynamics change. Yeah. I think Sutter and Amy mirror a lot of, we've talked, um, Blythe and I are in a book club and we read Normal People this fall. And there's like. I see that for sure. Those those are more companion pieces. That as a first love, first love yeah. piece. Although Spectacular Now is a very, um. Very much more of a direct love story than yeah, Conversations normal. with Friends is. Normal people. Normal people. Sorry. No, down one. It's a different book. Um, same um, author. Normal people. But, yeah. Like, that. For, the fact that first love is, like, very weird. Yeah. It's true. And you give a lot of yourself to someone. And it, in some ways, is, like, one of the most real loves you're going to have because you're so, like everything is so new and raw and you don't really know if you're doing it right and it's like there's actually a scene in um maybe this is my most true to teen life moment there's actually a scene in uh say anything where diane is talking 
like they're in like that diner and she's just talking and talking and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm like blabbering. And Lloyd's like, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, but like, no. Yeah. And like, that's the most true to teen kind of, or like, yeah. the, the, where you're, you meet someone and you're like, God, I can't fucking shut up. Yeah. Yes. But the other person's like, oh, I'm so happy they're just talking. Exactly. I, I will say my most true teen life moment is like the magic that's captured in Say Anything when they're just he and his girlfriends are just talking. Like, all of them, like, they're just talking at the record store. They're just talking in Corey's room. Like, these, like, really... And they're... That scene where he's, like, where the other friend is, like, just shut up, Yeah, you never let me talk. Yeah, and then she's, like, okay, what do you want to say? She's, like, oh, I forget. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah. It's, do what you want to do. Yeah, Yeah. like, those (laughs) scenes are so... Because most of... The most... For a lot of, like, teen romances for me, like, a lot of the most fun parts was just, like, talking about it Oh, my, my God. For hours. Like, don't... Probably spent more time talking about the person I was into than actually with 1,000%. them. thousand percent. loved every minute of it. Just, like, dissecting it and, like, talking about it and, like, that was so fun. And I have so many, like, memories and of my friends doing the same. Like, right. And also about those things like, gave us a teen Pamela Adlon, which yeah. we didn't mention yet. And she was really good. So yeah, and they all looked so like I was expecting to watch anything and like cringe at their clothes and stuff. No, it was good. late eighties. Yeah, it's late eighties. They all look good. They have like cool hair. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Their hair is fine. Okay, so let's do cutest couple. Okay, I think the cutest couple. Cassie and Marcus. You think so? <laughs> no, I don't know. And they're like the most beautiful. They're couple. most beautiful couple. I mean, I think sweetest together is. Is Sutter and Amy without the alcoholism? I was just going to say, how do you cut... How do you look at them without alcohol? Right. Like, that, that is, like... Right. And I think that um, Lloyd and Diane are really cute. Yeah. I would say... You forget now, like, how charming and sweet puppy um, John Cusack was for a really long time. The first scene, their first real date at the party where he's, like... Just oh. letting her, like, float and do her own thing and is, like, keep checking up on her and, like, he's doing his own thing was, like... And she even mentions it. He's yes. like, look, he's just checking he's up, up on me. And, like... Which sounds creepy, but it's not. I remember when Matt and I first started dating, we would go to parties and he would not check up on yeah. me. And I finally had to be like, hey, I don't know the other 40 people here, right. so could you um, just, you know, check up on me? <laughs> or the opposite, where it's, like, a guy takes you to meet his friends or whatever, and he just stays by your side the whole time, right. and you feel like you're just an accessory. Right. You know, he's like, you're there, but you're not really, you know, you're not given, like, the introductions to, like, go and meet people. That's why I'm like, why do people hate Lloyd Dobber so much? Like, they had, like, that was, like, the best date you could possibly take someone on. I thought to, he like, was a really, I mean, he didn't have his shit figured out, and he wasn't glomming Oh, but he's 18, like, why does he have to figure right. out his shit? Like, that was another thing. Billy, my husband, watched part of this movie with me, and oh, he's, his well, he, there was a scene where, he, like, they're like, so, Lloyd, what are you going to do with your future? You graduate, and he's like, I don't know, like... I don't want to process anything, sell anything, buy anything. Well, wait, his his career counselor is BB. What's her? Um, oh yeah, she's so good. Keep talking. Sorry. She the best thing is the career counselor shows up at the senior party and so like funny. drops her keys in the bag that Lloyd Dollar's in charge of. BB Neward. Oh, she's great. So, and like these adults are asking this eighteen year old like, "What are you gonna do with your life?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm really into kickboxing, sport of the future," and they're like so 
judgmental and like a gap. Like they literally are have like pained looks on their face. It's like, oh my God, how scandalous. Right. Like you're not going to college? And I was like, who are these people? <laughs> what are they doing? What like you just get to look at you're not his parents and you're looking at him like this person you've never met, this 18-year-old, and you're just gonna give him these like scandalized looks about how he doesn't know what to do with his life? I think that happens a lot. My cousin is, my cousin's son is a senior in high school and every family conversation centers around where he's going to college and what he's going to do and which college is the better fit for it. And you have like many generations weighing in on something that is really no one's business. And I, I'm guilty of it too because he wants to go to school in New York. Okay, fair. These are like total strangers. Fair, that fair, Diane really Ford's good point. Really good dinner point. party with his her dad. That she and hosts his with her dad, which is because they have great a great example of their fucked up relationship. Oh, she literally tells her dad, I'm so glad I can tell you that I lost my virginity to Lloyd, because if I didn't tell you, it's like it didn't happen. Ugh. Oh God. No thank you. I mean Diane's mom sucks. Yeah. But in kind of a really funny way. So, uh, long story short, Lloyd and uh, Diane. Diane are my They're pretty cute. couple. Yeah. Who is the chillest hang? Sutter's the chillest Ch- hang. Sutter is by far the chillest yeah. hang. I, I just feel like You I, could go on a cross-country road trip with Sutter. Yes. You could go... Sutter's the type of person in a, in a teen setting where, like, if you have to do, like, um, a service project yes. or you're, like, in any sort of, like, pre-assorted group. Yes. If he's in your group, you're like... You're so happy. We are yeah. going to have fun. fun. Yeah. It's going to be great. He is a chillest time. And, yeah. He's he's a big flirt. Yeah, but it's fun. Like, yeah. he's, it's, but it's so innocent and fun. A lecherous. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's so innocent and fun. He's really... He's just a fun person to be around. Like, yeah. you would love to be paired up with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chill is tang by far. By far. What were our other superlatives? Best kiss. <sighs> I mean, I think the one, I think Say Anything has some pretty good kisses. Really good kisses. I actually loved Amy and Sutter's first kiss. It was very... In the party, when they're like at the party. Yeah, they're at the like keg party by the river. It's yeah. very um, spontaneous and like very true to teen life. It's like he kind of just goes for it. And yeah. And it's like... Mid conversation, yeah, and it's so cute. And I will say something that bothered me about say anything and about actually about all of the movies a little bit is the trope of like she doesn't know how pretty she is. Yeah, that got old real. I really want that to be something that we don't do anymore. I thought about to all the boys I've loved before while Mm -hmm. watching say anything and spectacular Spectacular now. now because I think that it's in that lineage totally. Um, I, I was like, why didn't we do To All the Boys I Love Before in Romance? Because we did it in... What did we do it in? Mistaken Identity? Yes, we did it in the, like, um, not the... Uh, yes, we did it in yeah. Mistaken Identity. But I can't remember what other movies we did. We did the now. other Noah Centineo movie, and we did... Not She's the Man. I don't, I don't remember. Anyways, um... But yes, I found them to be very similar. Yeah. And it's, like, that one's a little bit different in a lot of ways. And, like, Largine has, like, a lot more autonomy and ownership over it. Like, she owns who she is more mm-hmm. than, I think, Amy and Diane do. But I'm really sick of that trope. Yeah. 
And it's not, I mean, Diane, like, knows, people know that she's hot. She's just, like. She's just not super comfortable with it. Yeah, and she's super. Which is okay. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a, fine. That's a normal thing. Yeah. And I think she's just much more focused on academia. And same with Amy. Yeah. Like, if Amy wanted to be, like, a super, if Amy or Diane had wanted to, like, go the super popular girl route, like, I'm a pretty girl, they could have done that. They just, circumstances were such that they didn't. Yeah. I think the thing that's different between Diane and Amy is, it's like, Diane knows that she's hot, and she just doesn't really have, like, time for it. Like, she's like, she's like oh, I'll lean into this later. She's fully ready to, like, explode onto the yeah. scene and be a very sexual being in, like, her 20s. Right. Because she's, like, super pragmatic about yes. it. She, she knows she's hot. She's, like, put together. Right. She's, like, very, I mean, she she's almost analytical about it. Yes. And Amy has kind of low self-esteem. Amy has very low self-esteem. I don't need to talk more about why. Right, right. But I think the best kiss, I mean, the kiss that, um, the kiss that Diane and Lloyd have in the car when they're learning to drive, Mm -hmm. that's a really really great kiss. Really good. And then I actually think the kiss that Amy and Sutter have actually have sex for the first time. It's really sweet. It's really sweet. Really sweet. Um, I didn't do a fuck Mary Kill for this episode no. because it's just like it's very obvious who we would pick and Yeah. It's we don't we don't have to do it for this. Is game. it obvious? I mean I would just pick Sutter, Lloyd, and Oh right. We would Damien pick those or whatever three. his name was. Will. Will. Yeah. Damien. What if I threw in a Greg Kinnear? I would Mary Greg Kinnear. Mary? Well, we should say Kyle Chandler does play Kill him in this. Sutter Kill. Well, if we're doing dad. actors, that's one thing, but characters. Oh god, he's so bad. He's I mean, so he's so bad. good bad. He's so this and the spectacular now came out two years after Friday Night Lights went right. off the air. So to see Kyle Kyle Chandler as not a upstanding Handsome. father figure. Yeah. It was like, was, like, very damaging to me post-Friday Night Lights. I was like, this is not, this is not my coach. Did you watch early Grey's Anatomy? Yes. So he's, like, bomb guy in that? Yes. And then he did Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And he just had this, like, handsome, clean-cut guy. And, and then he did, he did Bloodline. This. And Bloodline. Did you watch Bloodline? Yeah. yeah. Every episode, Again! Like, every episode of Bloodline would end and Matt would be like, John is in real trouble. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so dangerous. Like, the, it would end and I'll be like, I do not know how we are getting out of this. <laughs> yes, but seeing Kyle Chandler is not my favorite dad is, like, a big problem. He's a great actor. He's amazing in this. I just was physically uncomfortable seeing him as, like, a deadbeat. But I think that's a pretty great casting because in Sutter's oh, mind, yeah. he's a great dad. Absolutely. You see, you get to that apartment and you think, oh my god. It's Kyle Chandler. He's gonna be a great dad, and then he's like Such a piece horrible of shit. dad. Such a piece of shit. Um, who? Which couple do you think is most likely to stay together for like eighteen months? I would say Ioni Sky. Sorry, I should Diane Courtney Dobler is the most likely. Um, yeah. I don't, none of these couples I are actually in there for think the Miley and Liam. Wow, really? I actually think that, and here's why because okay. they're new to the same city as are Diane and Lloyd. Yeah. But they're new, and actually all of them are new to their. Yeah, Diane city. is going to England, Amy's going to Philly, and we think Miles Teller follows her. Yeah. Sorry, I'm using their actress interchange. Um, and Miley and Liam are going to New York. Yeah. But I think that Miley and Liam stay together the longest because okay. I think she's got a lot of grief to work through. 
actually think that they know each other the least out of all the couples. Okay. And so, like, there's a lot of getting to know you yeah. and romance. And I think that he's, like, in a rebellion, like, I'm not my family. Yeah. I think they stay together the longest. And New York is a hard place to be alone. Like, it's a great place to have a buddy. I'm not saying they're happiest together for the longest. No, I'm no, just no. saying I think they stick it out for the longest. Okay. Yeah, I still say, I, I just feel like Liam is going to join a frat immediately. Does Columbia have frat? I don't know. The equivalent of. He's going to be like a... No, I don't think so. I think that's why he left Vanderbilt. He, like, wanted to shed his bro-ness and, like... I actually think Miley dumps Liam oh. in, re- in real life and in the movie. Like, I think, um, you know, she's like, okay, thank you so much for supporting me. Yeah. I'm going to go to Germany yeah. for this semester abroad. Right. Yeah. We're done here. I also feel like Miley in this movie, if she is in Juilliard, as we're supposed to assume, she's going to have, like, a Miles Teller and Whiplash moment where she's like, I'm a yeah. serious musician. I am, Wait, this is my this life. Way to really keep this Thank on you. This is my life. I don't have time for a boyfriend. Like, she's going to break up with him because she, like, is trying to be serious about piano again. Yeah. Or she's going to, like, try to be the next... Miley Cyrus? Mayor, legend, whatever. Miley Cyrus, singer, songwriter, whatever you want to do. John Mayer and John Legend are very different people. They both play piano. John Mayer does not play piano. Sure he does. I don't think he does. He went to Berkeley School of Music. He plays all the instruments. I think he's mostly Just a guitarist? No. If you play guitar, you play piano. Also, John Legend does not play the guitar. If you play guitar, you play piano. If you play piano, you play guitar. They're the same. Riddle me this. You have an electric piano in your apartment. You got any guitars? Yeah, we do. We have right next to our electric piano. <laughs> we have an electric guitar. Who plays your guitar? Billy. Stop it. Billy plays piano and guitar. Not well. Sorry, Billy. He doesn't listen to it. No, he 100% does not. Um, Matt doesn't either, which is for the best. Every piano player I know plays guitar. Every guitarist I know plays piano. Interesting. Okay. Um, which... <laughs> which person do you think is most likely to send an out of the blue social media message years after they've broken up? It is Sutter Keeley. 1,010%. He's going to see Cassidy on Facebook or Instagram or something looking, looking like there. real hot, posting some kind of like Lonely on my birthday or something. And no, has... sometimes people just send them out of the blue for no reason. Oh, sorry, Aaron has personal experience with us. <laughs> it's true. I don't think that any of these should be remade. No, they're all fairly recent and or bad good. and um, or great. Yeah, um, we've already awarded our best teen movie. I mean, remade like they're not. None of these are going to be remade, but there will always be a. There will always be room in the teen movie. For first loves. For yeah. first loves, or the case in all of these movies, um, fucked up family life leads to complicated emotional issues. Well, I think my thesis on all these movies is, right, like, th- this age that they're at is this really self-reflective and terrifying age, like, right before you go to college, and to have someone pay attention to you in a really intimate and focused way. Yes. Like that is like that's the intensity of these movies. Yes, and you feel 
that like Sutter's light shines on you. That's what happens in yes. all of these movies. And you get from these people what you're what you don't get at home. You get the attention and like you're the most important person in the world to someone and it's really cool and fun and exciting and then they find your interests yeah. amazing. And then, and then you date that high school boyfriend for six years. <laughs> because <it's you>. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and on that note and on that note, um so we just took a quick brainstorm because we've got some great ideas for episodes for the rest of the season but we want to make sure that we're giving you a good variety and we've got a few things to retool but next week's episode will be back to high school and the movies will be focusing on our 17 again never been kissed and the new 21 jump street movie with channing tatum and jonah hill so these are adults experiencing high school again which is basically the entire point of us doing this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I hope you're excited. It's a little different. We're not dealing with teenage actors so much. Although, in some ways, we are very much. Uh, these are all movies. Well, because like, they're playing teens. Like, Zac Efron. Oh, Aaron yeah. just gave me a look like, what, like what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. Perry's old. <laughs> I'm excited about these films. I'm really excited to talk about them. I I'm hope pumped. you are, too. I'm excited to watch them. Some Like, walking into this week, watching the last song, I was I like, know. oh, no. No, these are all movies I'm pumped to watch yeah. again. Okay, cool. See you then. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.